The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by TheGorillaPosition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. Presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. We are sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. And Silly Rabbit Vape Shop, located in Sault Ste. Marie, mentioned Turnbuckle Talk for a discount on all vape juice and hardware. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and all those other podcatchers out there. As always, I'm Carl Caravel. And I'm Big Joe. And welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. Absolutely, Carl. Another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling, and there's quite a bit going on here. We have a lot on a run to get to, and from right here, where Carl is located over in the studio, the weather is a little funky, so we're going to get things rolling here. I think probably the biggest piece of news coming out of this week is kind of a surprise that kind of came out of nowhere. As far as I know, it's still a go, although (laughs) social media has made things interesting. John Morrison... Formerly the WWE seems as though he's going to re-sign with the company, Carl. This is something that it happened very suddenly, and it was it was a real genuine surprise. What, what's your your take on him possibly coming back to the WWE? This is something that, as you said, did take the world kind of by surprise here. Um, I mean, still not a lot of real publicity put around this, but there has been enough. Um, very cool. I mean, why not? Uh, we're looking, you know, John Morrison or Johnny Impact or, um, you know, Johnny Lucha Underground yes. or whatever you want to call him, right? Um, seemingly without a company to really go to right now, uh, Lucha Underground uh, pretty much is done. Uh, we haven't heard anything from them in a couple of seasons now, and it seems as though that might be over with. So why not make a change in a transition and go back to somewhere familiar? And I'm sure that he is going to be welcomed with open arms. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned uh, we haven't heard much from Lucha Underground, which uh, I have to look in and see if they're even technically in existence. But with, with Morrison, what I think could be really interesting is when you look at interviews and everything that have been done with him and the work that he's done, he's a very unique individual. He's definitely not your stereotypical professional wrestler when it comes to persona and everything. And I think having said that, to um, looking at where you could possibly place him, I think he's got NXT written all over him, does he? He definitely does. I mean, I think personally that would be an amazing fit for him. The Just the, the style of wrestling that he has, the mm-hmm. promo work that he can do, 
he can go into NXT and really help hone in on the craft of these younger guys that are out there and uh, kind of kind of be that worker and mentor that I guess maybe Chris Hero was supposed to be or Cassius Ono mm-hmm. was really supposed to be in NXT. Um, hopefully things do kind of play out this way and, uh, you know, John Morrison can kind of go in there and, you know, be that worker plus mentor type of person at the same time. I mean, just imagine potential matchups with say Velveteen Dream. I mean, that, that that's an, an obvious, uh, opponent there for John Morrison. That would be a, a potentially a great match. Adam Cole, you know, matches up pretty good size wise with him. I mean, it, just the list goes on and on. He could have so many good matches with uh, all of the NXT talent over there. So, I think if and when he does come over, that would be where I would place him. I am in agreement. All right, Carl. So going from that to a little bit of AEW news, and I'm not sure what you're feeling on this one. We're going to find out here. When I heard this, I was frankly, I was a little disappointed, but I'm glad that we're going to have some kind of avenue here that um, when it comes to AEW airing weekly, it's not going to happen on cable television. It's going to be through Fight TV. Now... For me, I'm I'm, just, I'm glad that we're going to have some avenue to watch it, but I was a little surprised because, you know, we heard Cody, you know, hey, we're not going to forget about our, our brothers to the north, but it almost kind of feels like they did, and, and this kind of came together at the last minute. I, d- I don't think that it's, it's really um, a bad thing. I don't think that it's really something that, that they even forgot about with uh, programming in Canada. Mm. It's... It's hard. You, I mean, you really have to sell your product to these, uh, yeah. you know, cable companies. And if somewhere in Canada is is kind of going, well, we don't have a time slot for you, yeah. uh, then it it kind of makes it a little bit more difficult. Now, um, personally, I, I would rather them take a little bit more time and be able to get on to like uh, the score or uh, Sportsnet or onto TSN or onto the Fight Network or right. onto one of these bigger platforms than to kind of go about it like Impact did and go on to like a Pursuit channel. <laughs> yeah. Um, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, personally, that's the way I'm okay with it. I'm okay. As long as I'm not being charged to watch AEW on Fight.TV. That's my only thing. If I'm going to be charged for it, I'm not watching it. That's and uh, you've mentioned that from what I've seen. Now, anybody in our listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. That it's it's a five dollar a month charge to um, to watch it live. Uh, I think that they they might replay it free of charge, but as far as I know, to watch it live, um, it'll essentially be it's like a five dollar a month subscription. And and honestly, I I find that to be bull crap. Um, yeah. th- there's many other programs that are on Fight.TV yep. that are out there and available for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like I've even seen Ring of Honor stuff on there. Like new, recent Ring of Honor, yeah, is available for free on Fight.TV. Right. Um. So charging me to watch it live, I I I don't think that I'm going to be watching it live then. Um, I'm on a very limited income. Um, I, I mean, I work my rear off for my job and for my money and I don't have the extra availability of an extra $5 just to watch one wrestler 
promotion. True. You know, and having said that, this is actually a little bit of breaking news, believe it or not. I don't know if you've seen this, Carl, but before we hit the record button, I noticed that there was a press conference, uh, I believe it was yesterday or earlier today, with the NWA. Um, They're going to be doing their weekly show. It's going to be called Power, and it's going to be airing live for free on YouTube and Facebook. Yes, I did see that. And you know what? That logo, I kind of like it. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, it honestly, it just says power. power. But at the very end, the R kind of uh, has like two additional R's behind it. So it's kind of like power or er, er, mm-hmm. um, which I, for me looks phenomenal. It's very simple, very basic, and it's going to get itself out there very well. And to put it out there for free on YouTube and Facebook, I think is an amazing way for them to build the NWA back up again. It seems to be working well for MLW. I mean, we can watch a lot of uh, their stuff for free on YouTube. I mean, it's just a matter of then, you know, when it comes to making money-wise as a promotion, you got to find some other avenues, whether it be advertising and whatnot. So you know, you're definitely not going to make a ton of movie, or sorry, a ton of money on YouTube. But hey, I mean, this is how a lot of people consume their content now is streaming through uh, these channels. So yeah, it'll be it interesting. Def- yeah, I mean, it yeah. definitely is. And yeah. for those of you who um, are looking for some really good professional wrestling out there on YouTube, please go and check out our friends over at Ignite Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the owner, Kim, Miss Kim, she just put out uh, a few uh, different videos from some of the live shows that she has done over the last uh couple of months it looks like um now we know we from our interview that we did with kim she doesn't do you know huge storyline it doesn't do like shows every month um but these these last set of shows that she that she's done she's put them out there onto youtube for everyone to go and see and i'm telling you you really need to go and watch these these are so well done and just the, the the workers are amazing you're we're talking like workers from all over I uh, come to Kim and and want to be part of the promotion and want to lend their name to help Kim out as well. So yeah, like just there's there's just another one, right? So now we're gonna have the NWA and and we've got you know MLW and our friends down in Vero Beach, Florida, yep. uh, with Ignite Wrestling. They're on there as well and they're offering stuff for free. Since you mentioned that as well, of course, another friend of ours, Mr. Rick Vickery with the Hitting the Marks for Wrestling podcast, he started his own uh, promotion too, of course, uh, Hot Tag Marketing. That's likely going to be airing on YouTube, uh, the show that he's doing as well. So then there's, it, it, it's um, it's definitely a popular avenue for wrestling. So I'm uh, yeah. curious to see all this. It's gonna, there's going to be a lot going on <laughs> when it comes to this. And speaking of another thing going on, this is a big matchup set to happen. Not quite when I was kind of hoping for it, but uh, we're going to have Jushin Thunder Liger, whether he's going to show up as, as as him or as Kishin Liger versus Minoru Suzuki at uh, King of Pro Wrestling. This is going to be one hell of a matchup. This is going to be one for the ages, Carl. <clears throat> this is almost uh, one of those dream matches that people talk about. It's, it's going to be a phenomenal matchup between these uh, two legends in the business. Yeah. That's what this is. Two <laughs> legends in the business going out there. And, and I'm sure, I mean, it's New Japan Pro. They don't hold back. Nope. They go out there and they give uh, 150% of themselves every time that they're out in the ring. So I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be amazing. 
Me too, man. And, and leading up to this, there was the moment uh, when Liger took his mask off, revealing this Kishin Liger, which it hasn't happened all that often. And he basically came at Suzuki with it looked like a um, a ring spike with that they used to tie up the turnbuckles. And probably one of the first times where I've seen Suzuki like intimidated. So uh, it was yeah, really something. There was, there was a little cower there. Yeah, it was a pretty seminal moment there. And this is going to be a big match. Uh, I, Part of me would have maybe rather seen it at uh, at Wrestle Kingdom, but this is going to be good too. It is. It is definitely. So definitely looking forward to that. Then of course that, you know, that leaves the door open is what's going to be Jushin Thunder Liger's swan song match at, at, uh, at, uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. This is something I've been talking with our friend Jargo about and, the, the scenario that I've kind of come up with, I don't know if I've discussed this with you, Carl, is for him to pass on that persona onto somebody else. And we were kind of both in agreement that it should be Shoto, uh, Umino, uh, ha- have a match with him. And then at the end of the match, Liger takes off the mask, hands it to him and said, this is your time now. And then he walks off into the sunset. I think, I think there, if there's any of those young lines that have kind of earned this, he's your guy. Or Yano. <laughs> or Yano. Wow. I, I think all of our collective minds would explode if that were to happen, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I only mentioned Yano for our friend Jargo. Hey, I like Yano. I know how much he loves Yano. I love Yano. <laughs> he makes it fun. And, of course, I, as, as you guys all know, I love uh, me some comedy and some pro wrestling. And uh, Yano definitely fits that bill there. So Yeah, he definitely does. But, yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> No matter what happens, yeah. I mean, Jushin Thunder Liger has, has had just an amazing career. And it doesn't matter, you know, like, it doesn't matter yeah. who it's against. It's 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 how how it happens and how he goes out. And, I mean, this is just going to be, uh, it, it's, I don't know, it's going to feel like a celebration yep. is what it's going to really feel like, I'm sure. And it's, 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 it's going to be legendary it's going to be magical it's going to be one of those moments that i think as um you know true professional wrestling fans who who are uh watching the entire business and world of professional wrestling and not just one company but for those that that are involved and invested in it this is going to be uh you know a, a lifetime of emotions and feelings that are going to come out during this and uh yeah i mean no matter who no matter what doesn't matter. It's just as long as there is some sort of lasting legacy that happens. When you speak of that, I mean, we just you look at the man's career outside of maybe Triple A. I, I don't think that there's any major promotion that he hasn't had a match or a series of matches for. That's another thing. And injury wise, I think throughout his entire career. I don't think he's really had any major injuries either. So not, not only does he have, you know, a sustainability to his career, he's stayed healthy for a good portion of it. That's the really amazing part with as much that he's done. I don't think he's had any really career threatening injuries. That That's, I don't think that that has happened too often. I don't think so as well. I mean, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's very, <laughs> different and very odd in this uh in this business i mean even myself who was somebody who just worked on the independent scene i even had injuries and i had to be off for a while Mm -hmm. um 
yeah, it doesn't seem as though that, that Jushin Thunder Liger has ever really had to do that. And uh, I mean, I'm sure that there's been times where he's he's kind of been gone for a little bit and we just kind of, you know, maybe didn't didn't notice or realize that maybe he was rehabbing something at those times. But yeah. it was never something that was put out there as, yes, he's injured and he needs to be off for a while. It was just kind of maybe a, uh, you know, a, a slow progression out of the business for for a couple of months or, or up to a year, whatever, yeah. while he rehabbed. And then he, you know, triumphantly made a return that people didn't even consider a return because it was just he's back right like it's it's not even a return it's just more of a he's here again awesome Mm -hmm. well speaking of some changes switching back over to some wwe stuff here when it comes to commentary for the the three shows we're talking raw smackdown xt there's a big shuffle happening when it comes to commentary first off for raw completely different okay we're going with vic joseph Somebody, a guy named Dio Madden, which I'm not even really that familiar with, and a returning Jerry the King Lawler to, to run up that three-man booth. This show's gonna look, it's gonna sound completely different. And given lately that we've been talking about, especially Corey Graves and Renee Young, sound like they're bickering all the time. This is gonna feel like a breath of fresh air, Carl, for Raw. It definitely will, and I, I do want to point out that I've uh, kind of been looking and reading and, and uh, you know, trying to figure out why had this change really came about, and, and we're looking at Paul Heyman. Huh. Um, Paul Heyman, who is running Raw, says, I Makes need sense. something different, and, and Paul Heyman actually went out, and he handpicked these two, and I say that because he picked these two. Yeah. We're talking Vic Joseph and uh, Dio Madden. Um, to do the commentary. And then I guess, you know, Jerry the King Lawler really wasn't on the radar for uh, no. Paul Heyman, but somebody else had come to him and said, you need a third, and this is who it is. Um, so Paul Heyman just kind of had to, you know, kind of kind of bow down a little bit and go, okay, we'll throw him in there as well, right? Um, there's only so much weight that you can throw around until someone else comes up and kind of slaps you on the back and says... Yep, you've done enough. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, like, this this is Paul Heyman. This is Paul Heyman's doing here right now. And I think that this is going to be amazing. Um, we all know that Jerry Lawler has always been a master of the microphone on commentary. Yep. So it should be very interesting. We know that Vic Joseph is a little bit more uh, reserved in his commentary and it's going to be nice to see what Dio Madden brings to the table on raw. For sure. With Jerry, I have a feeling that this might be a temporary role and I think Tom Phillips could be the one uh, or uh, Phillips could be the one to, to kind of slide in there at some point. I think uh, Jerry may just for the time being to, to round out that three man booth, but you know, time will tell. Uh, that might be my only concern is can, can Lawler do a full-time schedule given his age, right? So, Yeah, that's that's the question, yeah. For SmackDown, we're going to have a couple of familiar faces. We're going to have Michael Cole and Corey Graves. And probably the more interesting thing with this whole scenario here, serving as a special analyst, Renee Young, or as a, as a special contributor, sorry. Essentially, it's going to be a, a two-man booth for SmackDown and then Renee's going to be kind of doing this more kind of interview and I guess there's going to be almost kind of like a like an after show type of thing which is right up her alley and I think that's it's a good move I 
Agree. It, it definitely is. So we're kind of giving Renee Young now a little bit of familiar familiarity. Yes. In you know this uh, this post show type of round table, I guess that she's going to be doing. I mean, she did that for years before getting you know signed on with the WWE. And while I enjoyed her on commentary, having her with. Corey Graves is kind of a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, awful. As we've talked about before, it just it was a bicker back and forth, and and just really took away from things. So, I'm hoping that they continue with this, and that this isn't just going to be a uh, oh here you go, Renee, we're going to give you a little something for now, and then it's going to like phase out, and then she's going to be left with nothing because. Personally, I think she's amazing on the microphone and really good at what she's doing. She did it for years, you know, with the score network. Um, yeah. She did it for a long time with them, with the Aftermath program. Yeah. And then that's why she was hired by the WWE was because they were so impressed with what she was doing there. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they continue to see how good of a job she's doing and keep this as a full time thing for her. And not just a, you know, six month thing and then, oh, well, we, you know, it, it's we're, we're just not doing it anymore. <laughs> so, you know, you're relegated to, you know, doing interviews with tough enough people or something. Right. Like, I don't want that. I don't want that for Renee Young at all. No. Uh, but to have a two man crew on SmackDown. Very different. Um Considering, you know, how we've been doing things the last little while mm-hmm. and to move the two from the quote-unquote flagship show of Raw over to SmackDown really makes you wonder, are we moving to more of a SmackDown-orientated type of WWE right now? Yeah. Or what's going on? I think that SmackDown is going to be the the premiere of the flagship show. They have the Fox deal. They're moving the commentary people over. uh, They want all the big names over there. I think the shift really is towards SmackDown being the show and and then Raw second and then your NXT or who knows, NXT might take the second spot. So yeah, I think SmackDown's turning into the brand for them. Yeah, definitely they are. Definitely feels that way. Speaking of NXT... They're going to stick with what uh, works for them. They're going to keep uh, Morganalo, Madhu McGinnis, and Beth Phoenix on commentary. It's three-person booth for NXT, which, uh, personally, nothing against Beth Phoenix, but I would have it just be Morganalo. Um, you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the, with the three. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy with it, and it's... Uh you know, NXT's now gone to two hours uh, yeah. being shown on, on the USA Network, so... I think having the three kind of balances out pretty nicely for the two-hour show for them now. The, the only thing that could happen, and, and we even see this uh, doing what we do, Carl, on a podcast, when you get more than two people, mind you, it's a bit of a different dynamic because we're not always necessarily seeing each other, but people tend to kind of step over each other when it comes to, to the talking, and with a three-man booth and wrestling commentary, that can absolutely happen, and it can seem kind of disorganized. So that, that, to me, that's the only risk that you run there. But, you know, they've been doing very well up till now, so stick with what works for them. Very true. This is something that uh, has come up recently, Carl, and has me frankly surprised that he would even consider this because I I thought, you know, if there was any guy that would not consider doing one more match, it would be Stone Cold. But it seems like 
yeah, he wants to do another match with who? I have no idea. I, I'm not really a fan of this idea, Carl. Why? It's something that he always said he wasn't going to do, and I just I think that it just it feels like there's just a potential if, if something goes wrong, you really tarnish probably one of your most popular people, especially from that Attitude era, and especially if it goes because we don't want to see something like like what happened with Goldberg and, and Taker that that match, right? That that's my only fear is that he comes back and it's bad, it's bad because I don't want that for Stone Cold, one of my favorites. And it's it's the same way that I felt with Shawn Michaels as well. Yeah. Uh, he said that he was done and he would not work and wrestle again. And then, unfortunately, yeah. it turns out that he did. And as much as I, I adore the man and uh, you know I'm a fan of Shawn Michaels, it just was not one of the no. best matches that he has done. And I get it. He's getting older. He can't move as well as he used to. And same thing with Stone Cold. I think he, you're right. I don't, I don't, unless this is a pass of the torch type of thing, I can't see this going well. And that's the thing. Who do you pass the torch over to? Um, outside of maybe Becky, I guess. I mean, but you can't, you can't have a match with those two. I, I don't even know who you would pass the torch off to. I know, and that's that's the difficult thing. Like, I mean, yeah. you've got your guys in there right now that are kind of Kevin uh, Owens, maybe. Kevin Owens, did you maybe, say? Maybe Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's exactly where I was going with yeah. that. Like, maybe Kevin Owens, maybe a Sami Zayn, who is kind of, you know, not really that stone cold type, sure. but is kind of that, uh, you know, anti-establishment type of of character right now. Um, I mean, short of those two unless you're bringing in somebody new. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to really pass that torch. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see what they will do and where it takes place. I mean, we're not that far away from this other crown jewel, uh, event happening. I know some of the people like to call it a different name and, uh, I can definitely understand why, but, uh, who knows? Maybe the, uh, the Saudi, the dirty Saudi money might uh, be enough to draw them in there. Time will tell, never say never, and we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> That's very true. Now, this was um, something that uh, actually going to lead pretty much into uh, another topic that we're going to have with our match of the, the week kind of segment here, because actually what we're going to talk about here was actually my match of the week here, Carl. In Ring of Honor, we had a matchup with, with Roosh and Taven for, for that uh, OH World title. Did you get a chance to watch this at all? I have not seen it as of yet. For those of you that don't know, I, I am a uh, security officer. I'm an operations yep. manager with a company. And uh, the owner and vice president were out of town last week uh, for the entire week. So everything was left with me. And I, I honestly was not able to catch very much at all of any professional wrestling. Yep. Um, I was able to catch a little bit. So I do have a pick for my um, favorite of the week. Uh, but it's it's probably going to be something totally off the wall that people are like what do you mean there was so much other but from what i was able to watch i will give my pick afterwards but yeah please go ahead tell me about this match because i'm hearing uh from your perspective because i'm hearing nothing but amazing things from this uh from the internet wrestling community so i do want to hear your take yeah it was it was the main event for the 
for that for that uh, event that they had, it was in uh, in Las Vegas, the uh, Death Before Dishonor. I could, for the reason I couldn't think of the name of the of the event. Yeah, the the main event, Roosh versus Taven. I mean, wow. I mean, just both guys just just killing it, and Roosh, like I've mentioned before, just when you the entrance. The, the work, just the persona. I mean, this guy's going to be a star, Carl. I mean, every major promotion around the world has got to have their eyes on this guy. And Taven, I got to say, the the end of the match, the uh, Roosh was in, in the ring celebrating with his family. He even has his little boy out there with him, his dad. Taven comes back into the ring, and we saw um, the code of honor adhere to. Taven reaches out, shakes his hand, and said, I don't. I couldn't really audibly hear what he said, but it's kind of like an attaboy, or you know, you got this. It very much felt like a send off for Matt Taven, Carl. And the rumor mill has it that the WWE is very interested in him. We hear this often. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I don't really know if there's any uh, real meat or legitimacy to this right now. Um, anytime that somebody has a really good match with someone else and then drops the title to them, it always seems to come out the, to the same uh, conclusion that, oh, this is a, a send-off and yeah. this was perfect. And yeah, WWE's interested in them, so that's why this was done. And while the rumors might be true, I don't know. Um, I can't see it. I, I right now, I, I just can't see it. I mean, Matt Taven has worked so hard, yep. so hard to build up Ring of Honor and to build up that championship within Ring of Honor. I think that this is just a, uh, just a little stepstone for Roosh to get himself a little bit bigger. And and we're gonna see Matt Taven and Roosh who is still going through having some amazing matches in Ring of Honor with you know back and forth title changes even. Um, I think that that's probably what we're going to see. This is just a Roosh's time to shine for a little bit, just like in the past here has been Matt Taven's time to shine before it was Jay Lethal's time to shine, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that that's just what's happening because I mean, same rumors happened with Jay Lethal, right? And then, you know, now we're hearing the same thing with Matt Taven Mm -hmm. and you know, I, for personally, until it actually happens and a deal is actually inked, mm. I'm I'm very skeptical on that. Visually, when you watch it though, it it really really uh, feels like a, like a send off for him. And why I think WWE would be interested in him is, is you just look at what he's done recently since he got a hold of that title. He's been a workhorse. You know, he's been on pretty much every show defending the, the title all the time. That's what a WWE wrestler does. They're, they're working all the time and working a really um, long and uh, tough schedule, and he's shown that he can do that. So I think that that is uh, the main reason why I think that they have their eyes on him, is that he's the kind of worker that they are always looking for. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> but you, you look at some of the other workers that are out there in the industry as well. I mean, I, I go back to Jay Lethal again, like same same thing. Jay Lethal is a workhorse. He's out there, you know, all the time. And he took that championship and elevated it in Ring of Honor. Um, You know, Tim Storm with the NWA, another workhorse going out there. Uh, He held the NWA championship before uh, he dropped it to Nick Aldis, right? Um, So, I mean, those guys are always going to be out there. Does it mean that they, you know, are going to be going to the WWE? Not always, yeah. as we've seen. 
But would it be interesting? Definitely it would be interesting. Um, but again, I, I look back at WWE's history of bringing in independent stars uh, and what they've done with them. It makes me kind of fearful for somebody like a Matt Taven who has, you know, uh, talent coming out of his rear yeah. to go to the, the WWE and then just to be wasted, essentially, in the WWE like they've almost done with, well, like they pretty much have done with like Kevin Owens and, you know, you know other names like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It might be a good fit. It might be a good work. It might be a good thing for, for Matt Taven to do, but I would rather him not. Yeah. I would rather him not. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think that in NXT, I think he would be uh, definitely a shoe in there. You could maybe even have him um, feuding with Adam Cole for maybe leadership of that undisputed era. I mean, there's just there's so many angles that you could go with, with him. And like I said, he's a workhorse, and uh, that's what WWE wants, especially if they want to throw some kind of title on him. <laughs> he's proven he can he can do that in Ring of Honor. So time will tell. And also at this show, and this is something that, uh, that you had uh, clued me in on, Carl. I'm glad you brought it up uh, because not only was Roosh uh, the first Mexican-born Ring of Honor world champion, now, when it comes to the women, we are our first Canadian-born women's champion in Ring of Honor in the form of Angelina Love, beating Kelly Klein for that title. That was a pretty interesting matchup, i got to say. I'm sure it definitely was. I only got to see, um, you know, like reports on there mm-hmm. out on uh, social media. I follow Angelina Love. Uh, she, yep. She's Canadian. Um since the uh, times of the beautiful people in Impact Wrestling, I've always been a fan of uh, Angelina Love and Velvet Sky. Yep. So to see Angelina Love, you know, a fellow Canadian, uh, now <laughs> grabbing that championship, um, as they've kind of build, been building up to, uh, I just found it very interesting that she was the one yeah. That they decided to have Kelly Klein, the one that they've, you know, kind of been been billing as like undefeatable, mm-hmm. like just a, a power horse, a monster, uh, just somebody who is amazing. And she lost the championship to Angelina Love. Not that that's a bad thing. No. Um, Angelina Love definitely deserves it because she has done so much in the world of professional wrestling and held uh, a number of different championships. And and I think it's awesome that she was the one that went through and was able to beat this person who who is by far, uh, you know, an amazing professional wrestler as well. And Kelly Klein, um, it, it just kind of seemed like a. Uh, like an old school versus new school type of, of thing going on here and old school kind of showing new school. Hey, we still got it. So you better watch out. Yeah. I mean, Angelina Love, um, obviously everybody listening can't see it, but I mean, if you've looked on social media and uh, here in the studio, I have a, a picture with her myself. She was here at a local show weeks before she made her debut in ring of honor over there, Madison square garden. So yeah, definitely somebody that, is definitely underrated, I think, when it comes to women's professional wrestling. I mean, she's not, I wouldn't call her the best in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but she's definitely very experienced and a very good worker in that ring, and I think a, a good choice to uh, to put the title on for the time being. Absolutely. 
I think so as well. And I'm I'm okay with that. Definitely I am. For sure. But what was interesting though was the absence of Velvet Sky from that whole situation. So I don't know what, what was going on with her. Maybe she had some other kind of obligation or what was going on there. But uh always a little disappointing not to see her around. Yes, it is. <laughs> so before we get to our showstopper segment uh, this week, Carl. What was your pick for your match of the week for this week? Thank you for remembering. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit different. Uh, we're, we're, we're sticking with Ring of Honor with this one. And if you guys have heard any of the programming that we have done in the past, you know that I enjoy watching the um, large, bigger men going out there and doing uh, doing the job. You're looking at guys like the big boss man. You're looking at uh, King Kong Bundy. Um, looking at Vader, you know, the, those types of guys. So going for, from Ring of Honor, uh, you're looking at another two big guys in Jeff Cobb and Brody King. Oof. Who I heard about that, yeah. Went out there. I mean, it, stalemate early on in the matchup, right? And then they're exchanging suplexes and shoulder blocks with each other. And then Jeff Cobb catching... Uh, and, and suplexing uh, Brody King when he attempted a splash in the corner, like that's that's <laughs> unreal. That's like they, they, these two guys, you're looking are like six six six, Man. you know, six foot to to six 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 seven, um, you know, anywhere from two hundred and fifty to three hundred and twenty pounds of these of of raw person yeah. that they're doing this stuff to, right? Um, you know, going through, there's crossbodies that are happening uh, from the top rope. You're looking at forearms and chops and then a super kick uh, from Jeff Cobb into Brody <laughs> King. Yeah. Um, right. Like, I mean, it, yeah. like it's 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 just unreal what these big guys can do. And then a standing moonsault. Yeah. Even happens That's as well. Nice, yeah. Right. Uh, Jeff Cobb suplexes Brody King and then gets the near fall after a standing moonsault. And then probably one, one of the most interesting things that happened is a hurricanrana that takes Jeff Cobb to the outside. And then Brody King nails him with a suicide dive. Yeah. Like my word. Like <laughs> this is stuff that you see from like Ray Mysterio and, and the cast of 205 Live. Yeah. And you're seeing this with big men. It just goes to show you the raw talent that is out there outside of the WWE and whatever stuff that they're doing. This shows you the raw talent and the raw uh, physicality that can happen from some of these big guys. You know what's crazy about this is that that, that was a pre-show match. And, and, I know, right? And uh, I was—I uh, remember catching a bit of them. Like, why isn't this on the main show? Like, this is this is absolutely insane. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've seen Brody King in person at the um, at the show in Toronto. He's a big dude. <laughs> it's it's not like a subtle. Hey, yeah, he's kind of tall. He's a big freaking guy. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's crazy. And you know what? This show, this matchup on the pre-show uh, kind of, again, goes back to previous episodes where I've talked about, you know, yeah. the mentality and, and the way of running and doing a show. You want to have that matchup that's going to grab the interest of people going, I need to order this or I need to really watch this pay-per-view mm -hmm. uh, because, my word, did you see what these people just did on this pre-show? And that is a great example of a perfect way for you to do a pre-show match before your main show before the main card to mm -hmm. grab people's interest and make them go holy crap i need to see more 
Yeah. And, and there was, there's a, there's a fair amount of Holy crap on that show. There was that match with Kenny King versus PCO and King decided to, to make it a, a no disqualification match with PCO. I don't know why anybody in their right mind would consider doing that. Um, PCO came out to a new theme actually. Uh, uh Jim Johnson, uh, former WWE guy is doing music for ring of honor now kind of out of the blue. That was a uh, kind of cool actually. And, oh. and, and PCO just doing PCO crazy nutty stuff, like diving to the opposite side of the ring where there nobody is and just face skidding onto the outside. Like just stuff that like regular human beings just don't do. <laughs> like it's, it's just absurd. And th- this guy at his age and his size, I mean, I don't know how this guy isn't cracking ribs and breaking legs and stuff like that on a regular basis. It's just, it's insane. PCO <laughs> is not human. Yeah. And proud Canadian too, by the way, just saying. <laughs> All right, Carl, I think that uh, is about it for the main part of our show. We're going to take a brief break here. And we're going to come back with, I think a pretty interesting showstopper segment. So uh, stay tuned for that. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Elbow. Go to collarandelbowbrand.com we can get 10% off when using promo code JKPodcast at the checkout, including this week's featured product, the Who You Ever Beat t-shirt. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys. And as you know, this is probably one of the best things that we have ever done here on the Turnbuckle Talk podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we decided to make this show stopper segment. Yeah, for all of you. And we are so happy to continue on with it. Big Joe. What have we got for our showstopper segment today? Yeah, this is kind of based off of a listener suggestion slash question. Uh, since you had mentioned that uh, people seem to like this segment, this is coming from one of our listeners. Why is WWE not making or creating any stars anymore? And it, I think that's a really good question, Carl. And sitting down and kind of thinking about this this week, I think that there could be possibly some kind of complicated answer regarding this but i think it it really just boils down to that i think that they're just they're afraid to make new stars because they work them so so much and the and when it comes to injuries and whatnot then you have to change on the fly i i think it, it really just boils down to that that they're not creating these super mega stars anymore just because the if they get injured then it, it just throws their plans right out the window I, I mean, I have to agree with that, definitely. Um, it's a totally different era of professional wrestling right now. Yep. Where, I mean, independent uh, promotions are getting a lot more airtime and getting a lot more uh, traffic going to their sites and their shows and stuff like that. Um, I, th- I think it almost boils down to... Um, it's, it's hard to explain. Like, you had guys like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, mm-hmm. okay? And they they were they were megastars in like Ring of Honor and Impact and you know places like these in the independent shows, and then you know WWE is is kind of going out there going these are already megastars these these are already guys that are that are that are already over with with everybody this is going to be such good 
and this is yeah. just going to be amazing. So what we need to do is just bring them in because they're already established. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to do any work at all. Yep. And then they come over and then like creative kind of goes, we don't know who you are. Uh, we're, we're, we work for WWE. Yeah. Right. And then it, it just all kind of gets lost in, in translation in, you know, so, so the WWE is kind of going, we're, we're grabbing these, these big stars. We're grabbing these star power people from these other promotions, but then they're not using them properly in creative to keep them at that level. And things are just kind of going by the wayside. And then it's yeah. just kind of uh, sit back and go, well, you know, do we, you know, uh, you know, kind of reprimand creative for this, or do we just go out and try to grab somebody else, like they tried to do with Shinsuke Nakamura? Oh. Um, right. So, I mean, that, that's kind of the pattern that I've really been seeing is that they're going out there and really grabbing these megastars from other companies, but then not doing anything with them, and then going, "Oh, we need a megastar, so let's go grab you know this guy from this promotion because he's a megastar," and then things aren't, and then it's let's go grab this guy because he's a megastar over there. Yeah, I mean, why they're why they're doing it this way, I don't know, but I think they do 100% need to go back to having like and if you're worried about injury, like grab three or four different guys and make them megastars within the company and then that way you've got a fallback megastar if need be. Because I get um, I'll say probably more so probably from casual fans. I'll, I'll get people that will ask me because they know uh, that we do a podcast and whatnot. I said, you know, where are these new like John Cena is, and where are these new like Undertaker people? Where where's the the, the new Bret Hart's and stuff like that? And I go in WWE, like everybody's just kind of interchangeable. And when you look at almost every other major promotion, let's list them off: New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okada and Will Ospreay, bona fide, genuine megastars over there. Impact, you've got Killer Cross and you've got Cage, genuine megastars over there. Even NWA, you've got Nick Aldis, clearly the standout star from that company. Ring of Honor, you got Matt Taven, you got Jeff Cobb. You know, there's guys that legitimately stand out. Okay, you know, these are the stars of this promotion. You look at WWE and you look at uh, all, the, all their, their people and how things always seem to kind of get interchanged story-wise and persona-wise. Everybody's so similar to each other because they know that, okay, if this person goes up, then we'll just slide him into that spot. And if this person goes up, then we'll just slide him into that spot. Everybody's just interchangeable. And nobody really stands out with the exception of me right now, The Fiend and Becky Lynch. Those are the, when I think WWE, those are the two ones that stand out to my mind currently right now. Everybody else is just an interchangeable part of the machine. Yeah, yeah, you, you you hit it right on the head there, definitely. And, and it's a shame because when when you look, dude, if we were to just list out the WWE roster on a, on a piece of paper, we would go and, and like without knowing any other kind of context about the whole thing and just looking at the list of names, we would go, damn, this is probably one of the most impressive personnel rosters that there's ever been. But then when you look at the actual product, it's like none of these people stand out. And, and, and there, there should be a whole bunch of these ones that are standing out, but it's they, they, they either can't or won't just because they're afraid of these other things happening. And it's just a, there's so many moving parts and everything. It just like when you think about it, it really gets overwhelming because just the whole scope of the thing too, right, with this company. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. And, and I think that, yeah. that that's something to, to not ignore. Like when you look at these other promotions – 
you know, not necessarily scaling things down, but they're not on, on the same scope as WWE. So, you know, at times it can be a little unfair to, to kind of compare them. But, uh, I mean, you look at all these other companies, they're all, every, pretty much every major wrestling promotion has a big standout star that you go, boom, I think of them when I think of this company. And WWE right now, like I said, outside of The Fiend, yeah, that, that's really about it. Right. So yeah, you, you, yeah. I mean, you're right. hundred percent outside of that. There's really, really nobody that that's making that, that star power stand out. And I mean, they're, they've, they've tried to do that with, uh, Kofi Kingston, yep. but, but it just, it hasn't worked out. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I think the, the, the way that you're going to do that with Kofi is, um, not necessarily to heel turn him, but to break him away from the new day yeah. and uh, let him be a little more um, mature, mm-hmm. I guess you could almost say, um, as opposed to this, you know, immature type of uh, power people, person, pancake, whatever thing that's <laughs> happening with the new day. Yeah. Right. Um yeah, it's, it's it's almost kind of hard to take Kofi Kingston seriously uh, as part of the New Day. Um, I mean, uh, going back years ago, I mean, I take a look at guys like Triple H and Shawn Michaels, right? Like, they they were star power. Yeah. Um, but then, the Generation X comes in, and while they held titles and, and, and you know, held different things like that, they, they weren't real star power then. They were more the comedy side of professional wrestling. Um, and that's the same thing that's happening with Kofi. Uh, it's just yep. comedy side of professional wrestling. So, I mean, outside of, of the fiend and, and I would say Becky Lynch, like yep. you did, uh, because she is that, that star power right now yep. on the, uh, the women's side of, of professional wrestling for the WWE. There really isn't any other stand out that's really there. And it's, it's unfortunate because they have so many good talent on the roster that could be, be standouts and that could be those top tiered people within the W they could be the mega stars uh, of the WWE, but yeah, it just, it isn't going that way. And I don't know if that's a, uh, a seismic shift that's going to be happening within the world of professional wrestling. If this is something that the WWE is trying to change standards with, uh, because we know that, that, you know, everything is emulated because of the WWE. Um, if there was no WWE, we wouldn't have, you know, as much of the independent promotions that we do. We, we totally get that and, and are forever grateful to, you know, Vince McMahon and the WWE for that. But I hope that this isn't a way for them to try to get all the other companies to kind of follow suit. Um, because right now I, I would rather see these star powers like you talk about, like Nick Aldis, mm-hmm. right. And then like Jeff Cobb and Matt Taven. Um, yeah. Brian cage. Definitely. Like, I mean, I would a killer cross hundred percent. Like, yeah, I would, I would definitely rather that than to have everybody kind of just on the same level playing field. And even AEW, I forgot to mention you have, Right now, you have Lutasaurus and Jungle Boy, bona fide stars for that company. And who would have thought there? Now, with WWE, I don't think that all hope is lost with this star approach because I think that once Fox starts, which is coming up very, very soon here, by the time we do our next episode, it'll, it'll have happened here with AEW and Fox with uh, the WWE. I think because we're going to have 
Fox versus US, USA television, that those companies are going to be like, okay, Fox is going to be like, SmackDown is like, we want superstar A to be your big guy that we want you to push to be your superstar. And then USA is going to be like, oh, we see that now we're going to do this to, to counter it. So I'm, I'm hoping maybe something like that will happen. And then at, maybe in NXT as well. I think you could really do that with uh, maybe like Matt Riddle or, um, or Adam Cole. I think Matt Riddle has a lot more cross kind of appeal, but I think that these once there's a little bit of a competition kind of even inside the WWE that maybe then we could get back to and maybe we'll have a couple of standout megastars that these networks go this is going to be your guy and this is going to be the other guy I hope so I, I really do I really hope that you're right in in that statement um, it's honestly it's needed yeah like I mean that's that's what professional wrestling is you you have your world champion and who is your world champion your world champion is that standout superstar that's who it is um, you know and then that that the title gets dropped to somebody else and then they slowly become that superstar that's out there so I think the WWE does need to kind of get back to that and and, and hopefully, Hopefully they do. And you're right. I mean, all is not lost when it comes to the WWE and, uh, you know, having megastars and having superstars and stuff like that. I mean, it, it, it almost feels and this this is going to sound really crazy, but it almost feels like the children of today mm-hmm. because the children of today go out to. Uh, cross country meets and they go out to um, you know all these other different different things that they do where there's competitions going on and everybody gets a participation ribbon yeah uh, so and the w- well, WWE right. they call everybody their superstars yeah they're the superstars of the WWE well not everybody can be that superstar you need a couple of names that are that superstar you hear what I'm saying oh yeah absolutely I, I totally get you it, and other titles feel special uh, because it, there are so many of them that it loses all its meaning. We, we've, yeah. I think we've even had a showstopper segment about that before. Uh, I, I think couldn't, we have, yeah. <laughs> couldn't agree with you more on that one, absolutely. All right, Carl. Well, I think that about wraps up this week. The only kind of piece of breaking news that I've seen unfold as we've been recording here is it looks like AEW is announcing a partnership with Hot Topic for some of their um, t-shirts and whatnot. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we do have some Hot Topics here in Canada, so we'll be able to get our hands on some AEW merchandise without having to resort to the ordering online method. So that that's a pretty cool piece of uh, hot breaking news for you there. Well, for those of you that are in areas that have a hot topic, yeah. unlike myself, <laughs> I am not. If I want a hot topic, I actually have to drive probably eight hours uh, in Canada before I can get to a hot topic. Um, something that I do want to mention, and it is a little bit of a sad note, and I, I really hate ending on sad notes here, but um, professional wrestling lost somebody again here at a very young age we're looking at uh, 49 um we're looking at a man named rick titan now mm. for those of you um who don't know the name rick titan um i'll say that he was the replacement razor ramon when oh. scott hall left the company um the man's name is actually rick bogner uh he passed away and very unexpectedly um it was just weird very weird just you know, news of it came out. Um, I believe it was his brother, Ken, uh, 
that kind of left the message there for everybody. And uh, I mean, if you haven't watched anything by him, he, he was a good worker. Yeah. I mean, he really was. And, and uh, you know, he was Canadian as well. Yes. Um, he was born in 1970 and he went to high school in Surrey, British Columbia. Hmm. Um, very big guy. Very, very good worker. I worked through Stampede. Um, you yeah. know, uh, no, Stampede was closed. So he really didn't work there. Uh, so he was able to find other trainers, right? Like, like, uh, you know, different names that are out there. And it's just, it's sad. It's very sad to see. And I mean, the world of professional wrestling lost another, um, other guys really went out there on social media and, and, you know, talked about, about Rick and, uh, you know, the work that he did and, you know, Paul Heyman took notice of him and, uh, Bret Hart did as well. And Vince McMahon, you know, got in there and Jim Ross. Right. So, I mean, like you're looking at some of the biggest names in professional wrestling all had a little bit to do with, uh, with Rick Bogner. So as sad as that is, um, you know, we do, we do want to make sure that we mention it as well because yeah, anytime that there's a loss of, uh, someone in the world of professional wrestling it it affects everybody and this is another one that seems to have affected a lot of people for sure all right well like i, like I mentioned uh, next week and we're gonna have quite a bit to talk about again we're gonna have the the debut of aw on tv we're gonna have the debut of smackdown on fox we're gonna see how aw's uh, how they fared up against nxt there's gonna be a lot to talk about so i'm definitely looking forward to that so i guess we will see you guys on the next one ciao it's me, it's me, it's an order to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have weekly content, especially led up by the flagship show, Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run. <laughs>